Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We have some headline news of our own right now, Shannon. That's right. Welcome to I Tell My Husband the News. I'm Shannon Ray Green, a journalist at USA Today. Each week, I catch my husband up on all the stories he may have missed. He doesn't really like to read or watch the news, so I'm pretty much his sole news source. It's a big responsibility. My husband, Dusty Terrell, is a local comedian in the Washington, D.C. area. Thanks for being here, Dusty. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Hey, honey. Hey, Shannon. Welcome back. Welcome back. And happy Memorial Day. Same to you. How's your weekend? It was amazing. Um, I had a Zoom video call with my family, so that was really nice. It was a scheduled thing, and everybody signed on, and my family is pretty weird and quirky, a lot like me. I'm sure anyone who knows me is not surprised. And we sang some songs. Also, I played a lot of board games with you this weekend. I found a new board game that I really like that we're playing online called Egizia. Not Shifting Sands, not to be confused with this other one that I haven't played before. But um, it's pretty fun. I like I like how it works, and I think it's really a good exercise for my brain. You know, we've been watching a lot of TV, and I've been reading a lot, and I do think reading is a little more active than watching TV. TV is pretty passive. So there's just something really nice about playing board games and trying to figure out a strategy and we were able to play online with my brother and my brother's brother-in-law who's a dear friend of ours so it was a great weekend yeah we had a lot of fun mostly at home as per usual yeah Uh, we did get a chance to see some of your family normally for memorial day we would go to your your aunt's house and so we felt like we had to keep up that tradition we did it for we needed to exchange some items um luckily it was only seven people total so and we were still able to keep our distance from one another yeah we stayed outside the whole time kept distance um so, yeah, so that was really wonderful, too, to be able to go somewhere and, you know, I, like, put on makeup and... <laughs> it's weird to use the car for a change. Yeah. We got a new review from W. Tillman. Uh, he said our podcast is great, and I agree. You're great, W. Tillman. Thank you so much. Uh, we also got a tweet from Adam Olivero, at Adam underscore... Olivero, and he was telling us about the drive-in theaters around him in Canada and how they use audio by transmitting over the FM radio. That's great. Yeah, that's uh that's that makes the most sense. That's a, <laughs> that's a good way to do it, I I would think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really smart and it's so cool that he's had experience with it and um I think it's a great way to you know, stay in your own car and enjoy something that is still feels a little more communal. Um, so it's cool that there's tools already being used. 
Yeah, and the FM radio thing makes pretty pretty good sense. I bet that's what we do here in the United States too, unless maybe our technology is not as advanced as Canada's. Maybe some guy at the front just shouts you <laughs> all the sound that's happening. <laughs> so so it's like a telephone situation too. Like he just said blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> right now there's a lot of gunfire sounds. <laughs> I think you should go into business. It's a clearly. Good- good viewing experience yeah you know what the people like you always have (laughs) um so thank you so much for those reviews you can always review us um, on apple Podcasts. you can also review us um on desktop on stitcher.com and you can tweet us i'm at shannon ray green i'm at dusty tarot and you can always email us at i tell my husband the news at usatoday.com And every Memorial Day, I like to take a little time to say thank you to all the people who have served our country and um, and especially for people who have um, given the ultimate sacrifice. So we honor those people. We honor the family members and loved ones who are supporting those people. So thank you very much for all the things you do for our country. Yeah, we can't thank you enough. Quarantine 15 is the new freshman 15. People joke gripe online after they raid the fridge. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) It's happening. It is happening. I don't know about 15, but uh, at least 5 or 10. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not quite at 15 yet either. This was written by my colleague Maria Puente. She writes, Much of America may still be closed, but it seems the fridge door is open in self-isolation. Social media is filled of late with grousing about how pandemic lockdowns have turned the old college freshman 15 trope into quarantine 15, and there's angst about waking. Thus, memes are popping, tweets are dropping, and quarantine 15 groups are multiplying on Facebook. On Instagram, already a competitive arena for posting perfection, people try to outdo each other in documenting their stress baking. On Twitter, they brag about their bread making, posting pictures of their creations. While others are begging for a return to a pre-pandemic normal. Mackenzie tweeted, I avoided the freshman 15, but I think I'm coming up on the quarantine 15. Gyms, please open. Kim Kardashian West, who is the queen of social media, had something to say about quarantine weight gain, posting a video on YouTube pushing back against claims she looked pregnant in one of her online photos. She said that she is not. She said, quote, I commented back and said, this is the shape of my body. I've definitely gained a few pounds over this quarantine time, and I love my body, and I'm proud of my shape, unquote. Behind all these goofy memes and posts, there's a serious issue. Dietitians and other experts at such institutions as the American Heart Association and the Mayo Clinic confirm it's true that many Americans have been gaining weight in quarantine, pounds that they may find hard to drop later. Boredom, anxiety, and lack of exercise are driving people to their kitchens for mindless snacking on Twinkies, Fruit Loops, Oreos, and other delectable treats. A Cheeto here, a Dorito there, and pretty soon you're talking about real pounds. Carly Liguori is a registered dietitian and instructor in the Department of Health and Physical Activity at the University of Pittsburgh. She said, quote, It's not uncommon during periods of stress that people would reach for foods higher in sugar and fat. It's comforting, unquote. 
And that's the exact theory behind the freshman 15 hypothesis. Liguori says teens overwhelmed by intimidating college classes, new routines, and, quote, a brand new food environment, unquote, away from parental control tend to react by reaching unconsciously for, quote, foods that are really familiar, unquote. She says, quote, the definition of comfort food is different for every person, but it's often defined as food that induces some kind of nostalgia. It reminds you of another time. So you start your day with a bowl of lucky charms, unquote. It's funny because they've mentioned Oreos in this article and now lucky charms. And I feel like Oreos are my thing that I'm overeating. And maybe lucky charms are yours. Yeah, I had probably a little too much lucky charms yesterday. Lucky charms and mixed nuts are kind of your thing but nuts are um, I feel a little more healthier than just the plain sugar of Lucky Charms and Oreos that's true they're fatty but it's supposed to be good fat as quarantined Americans juggle working from home supervising kids online schooling cooking cleaning and walking the dog they also have to worry about getting sick or even dying it's no wonder they've gotten into new habits of constant snacking. That's according to Susan Wilson, a registered pediatric dietitian in Louisville, Kentucky. She says that it doesn't help that grocery stores, especially in the early quarantine days, quickly ran out of many food items and shoppers were stuck with whatever was available. People used to picking up fresh food on the way home from work had to stop doing that. Wilson says, quote, at work, you would eat whatever you purchased or packed. And at home, it's easy to grab a little something as you're passing the kitchen. Your body adjusts to that pattern, and it's an adjustment to go back and remind your body, this is what we eat and when we eat it, unquote. Wilson says that it was a rude awakening when she returned to her office two weeks ago. She said, quote, I was packing my lunch again, and I was getting really hungry by 9.30 a.m. I know all this, healthy eating stuff, in theory, and I still let myself fall prey to it, unquote. Of course, most people, including college freshmen, are not gaining 15 pounds, Ligori says, quote, it's much lower than that. It's closer to three to five pounds, unquote. Recent polls by WebMD confirm its readers reported an average weight gain of about eight pounds. Among Americans, most, about 34 percent, said they gained four to six pounds. Only about one-fifth, 21 percent, said they gained 10 to 20 pounds, and only four percent said they gained 21 pounds or more. Liguori says, quote, in nutrition, rarely do things happen quickly. One piece of cake or or a slice of pizza will not kill you. The problem is we don't know how long this pandemic is going to go on, and it's important to try to get some healthy habits back. A three to five pound gain month after month will be more difficult to lose the longer quarantines go on, unquote. The hardest part of achieving a healthy lifestyle is getting started or returning to it after a relapse, says Wilson. She said, quote, you can lose your level of fitness much faster than you can attain it. Once you get out of the habit of exercise and healthy eating, it's harder to get back into it again, unquote. There are some positives to come out of this situation, especially a new emphasis on home cooking. Dietitians applaud people relearning skills such as advanced meal and snack planning, preparing meals and freezing them, and mindful eating, thinking before you nosh. Wilson says, Wilson, who says she prefers looking at pictures on social media of what people made themselves rather than the usual brag posting of restaurant meals, said, quote, it's fantastic people are learning to cook again. It's one of the biggest things dietitians talk about because eating at home is healthier, unquote. Liguori adds, quote, you have ultimate control over every ingredient you put in a home cooked meal. It's not like what you eat in a restaurant. Cooking is a big stress reliever for me. It's fun, and it's a way to introduce new foods to the family, unquote. Well, you and I aren't so much on the, like, baking side of things because 
That's hard. So we're not doing that. <laughs> but we've definitely been snacking, like you said, probably too many Oreos and Lucky Charms. It's funny because I used to always blame the fact that work had too many temptations. You know, there'd be like a donut day or whatever for the fact that I couldn't lose weight. But now we just bought all this bad snack food and now there's too many temptations at home as well yeah i also would blame the fact that i didn't have any time to to exercise because of work but now i've gained two hours a day because i don't have a commute and what am i doing with those two hours not exercising playing games (laughs) watching more tv it turns out shannon and i'm surprised as anyone that I'm just lazy. I just didn't realize <laughs> that was going to be the case. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I I think it's a good day when I wind up walking two miles. I'm like amazed at that, you know? Yeah, we were earlier on in the quarantine. We were trying to walk every day. We were getting into a good habit of that. But then I think it's my fault that we kind of fell out of that habit as well. Um, I do exercise once a week in a class that I pay for. That's something. That's Um, uh, once a week more than I have been. (laughs) Yeah. And momentum-wise, I'm sure once a week is really not all that impressive to people, but but it's good for me. I do uh, tend to work from home upstairs, so when I eat, I go downstairs. There's a little bit of exercise and commute to there. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's good that you're not by the kitchen. I work downstairs um, and I have a room in the front of the house, but, you know, I do go get water or go get, you know, different things. And um, and by different things, she means Oreos. Yeah. It's so easy to just be like, oh, I'm just getting one out of the bag. It's just one. And then it adds up. That's right. It's tricky. Yeah, often I will come down after a day of work and ask how many Oreos you had, and the number is sometimes shocking. (laughs) Yeah, I was not happy that day. I said five. (laughs) We like ice cream a lot, too. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. And the funny thing is, is that when we were at work, we were not putting ice cream or Oreos in our house. I think it's true that quarantine has this impact on us, that there's... There's less to do. Like, I mean, you and I are the kind of people that our bag is frequently not unpacked because we, our travel bags, we just use them and use them and use them like every weekend. I mean, I guess for people who have listened to this podcast for a while, they probably remember that we say like, oh, we're going to be in New Orleans this weekend or we had a good time in you know, visiting our family in New Jersey. And so we we have often just been on the go. And so... Which also doesn't usually amount to healthy eating. That's true. Um, but at the same time, like, there, it's, I think it's always good to have something to look forward to. And I think it's true that there is something about eating delicious, sugary, fatty foods that makes it feel like there's something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking forward to ice cream at night or... yeah. Or we bought some fancy cheese that you're looking forward to eating. Exactly. Because um, that's what's in our control. And I think that right now we have to do that. But it's also good to manage it and just be reasonable and watch it. So that's our my little PSA for today. COVID-19 dining out. Restaurants take to the streets to create socially distanced dining rooms as the nation reopens. 
This was written by my colleague Jessica Gwynn. This is a good follow-up story for a solution on how to <laughs> add more to the that weight gain that you've already been experiencing. Yeah, like if you're if you're already treating yourself to Oreos and Lucky Charms and ice cream, you know, just add some outside eating out to the mix. Yeah, if you heard that last story and thought to yourself, I don't think I've put on much weight. Well, here's a way to change that. <laughs> In the historic downtown district of Warrington, Virginia, American flags floated on a balmy breeze above outdoor tables spilling out onto the sidewalk and into the street. Restaurants in that part of the state were allowed to reopen outdoor dining a week ago. With the rooftop deck it could fill only halfway, Denim and Pearl Restaurant got the city's blessing to take the indoors out. Antsy to get out of the house after weeks of self-isolation, diners lined up to grab a bite on the makeshift patio. Denim and Pearl owner Jen Robinson told USA Today, quote, It was a crazy busy weekend. Just on Saturday, we did in sales what we had done the entire previous week, just with curbside and delivery. As the U.S. reopens and summer approaches, cities from Tampa, Florida to Las Vegas to Portland, Maine, are opening sidewalks and closing streets to create large alfresco or plain air dining rooms. They hope this nod to the bustling cafe culture of Paris and Rome will help Americans feel comfortable eating out again and help restaurants begin to recover from staggering losses. Las Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodman told USA Today, quote, As we transition to reopening Las Vegas, we want to ensure we are doing everything we can to assist our small businesses. Sidewalk dining is a safe and easy way we can help, unquote. Five miles from the Centers for Disease Control, Brookhaven, Georgia, was one of the nation's first cities, if not the first, to take part in the national COVID-19 dining trend. It began offering free temporary 90-day outdoor permits in April. The mayor there, John Ernst Jr., told USA Today, quote, With restaurants reopening, we wanted to allow them a bigger footprint so they could serve more people, but also serve them safer, unquote. Socially distanced outdoor dining has been a hit with residents and restaurants from a steakhouse, which transformed a patio entrance, to Ernst's local pizza joint, which set up tables in the parking lot. Soon, Ernst's phone was ringing off the hook with calls from other cities exploring similar initiatives. Now proposals are being floated all over the country to allow restaurants to spread out to sidewalks, parklets, parking spaces converted into extra outdoor seating, parking lots, or even into streets as long as they adhere to safety and sanitation guidelines. Some cities are already expediting permits and waiving fees, helping restaurants whip through what is often a cumbersome and costly process. Temporarily shutting down streets for farmers markets and music and arts festivals is common for cities, so why not for a pandemic? Jesse Araguin, the mayor of Berkeley, California, told USA Today, quote, it's only new in the sense of doing it to allow restaurants, cafes, and other businesses to reopen safely with maximum physical distancing, unquote. Inspired by Lithuania's capital, Vilnius, which last month handed over public space to restaurants, cafes, and bars to set up outdoor tables, Araguin has proposed that Berkeley follow suit when the city's shelter-in-place order lifts, in part to shore up sales tax revenue that is getting walloped by restaurant losses and closures. He says, quote, I think it would really help some of our struggling restaurants, and it's good for our community. People are really eager to get out of the house and to at least try to have some sense of normalcy, unquote. By expanding their square footage, they can operate at full rather than at half or a quarter capacity. And dining that sprawls onto sidewalks and streets has the advantage of keeping restaurant goers and servers from clustering indoors where the coronavirus is transmitted more easily. Socially distanced dining is encouraged by the Centers for Disease Control and its new guidelines on how Americans should resume daily life. 
Some governors, such as California's Gavin Newsom, have urged restaurants to prioritize and expand outdoor seating. Barry Bloom is an infectious disease expert, and he's also a professor and former dean of the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. He said, quote, dining outdoors with tables separated and staff wearing masks will have a lower risk than being confined indoors, unquote. David Rockwell is the founder and president of Rockwell Group, an architecture and design firm in New York. He wants to help more restaurants expand their footprint outdoors. He's now creating an adaptable kit for socially distanced outdoor dining that restaurants will be able to use once they receive permits. The kit, which includes dining areas and sanitizing stations, is designed to fit a restaurant's budget and needs by offering minimal to more complex dining spaces for various sidewalk and street locations. So far, restaurants are giving this new kind of outdoor dining good reviews. The first restaurant approved for an outdoor dining permit in Savannah, Georgia, was Sorry Charlie's Oyster Bar and Cocktails, which is closing down a side street where it's placing six tables from noon until the close of business. Owner Harley Krinsky says he finished a months-long renovation of his 200-year-old building in March, six days before the pandemic shut down his restaurant. He reopened last week, but with a 50% capacity limit. Krinsky says, quote, The additional outdoor seating does not get us all the way, but it gets us close to our previous capacity before the pandemic. We feel strongly that outside seating is what people are going to feel the most comfortable with, and we think it's a great opportunity to give our customers a safe and inviting experience, unquote. With millions of restaurant employees laid off and billions in sales lost, additional outdoor dining space won't cure all that ails restaurants devastated by COVID-19. But some fresh air and sunshine this spring and summer could help boost business at a critical time. That's according to Mike Watley, the vice president of state and local affairs for the National Restaurant Association. Nowhere is that more true than in the Mediterranean climate of the San Francisco Bay Area, where new spacing guidelines could crush restaurants with smaller dining rooms that already are limping by on meager profit margins and paying sky-high rents. Greg St. Clair, owner of the Avenir Restaurant Group, which runs restaurants there, shared all this with USA Today. He says that he's weathered earthquakes and stock market meltdowns, but this crisis is different. St. Clair said, quote, the psychological damage that's been done, all the fear that is going to continue for a long time. People are not going to feel comfortable coming indoors to a restaurant, unquote. He's frustrated that some outdoor proposals are getting caught up in red tape. He says, quote, we're going to lose some of the best restaurants in America because we have city councils who are too small minded to see that they can close that street just for the summer even to help get us through this thing, unquote. Among the issues bogging down proposals to expand outdoor dining space are access for emergency responders, rerouting public transit routes, compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act, leaving enough room for delivery and takeout operations, and addressing residents' concerns about losing parking spaces in downtown areas. In Mountain View, California, home to the headquarters of Google, Mayor Margaret Abkoga says city staffers are taking those kinds of considerations into account as they draft a proposal to close traffic on the city's main drag this summer through September. Businesses were not enthusiastic about the prospect of shutting down Castro Street in years past, she says, but, quote, obviously with COVID, things have changed, unquote. So should you dine at outdoor restaurants again? It's still difficult for public health experts to gauge how risky restaurant dining is. Bloom says, quote, since we haven't experienced a pandemic like this before, there are no clear rules, unquote. Infectious diseases expert Emily Landon, a University of Chicago associate professor of medicine, says the bottom line is outdoors is better than indoors. The biggest problem with eating out is that you have to remove your mask. So she advises that before dining, check out the establishment. 
Are the servers wearing masks? Are they keeping their distance from one another? Are tables blocked off and six feet apart? Is there easy access to hand sanitizer or hygiene stations for patrons and workers? Are surfaces being regularly disinfected? Is there a COVID-19 policy posted on the website or on the wall? If you are over 65 or if you are obese or have heart disease, kidney problems, chronic lung or other serious medical conditions, wait a while longer before venturing out for a restaurant meal, Landon recommends. Whether you head out for a cocktail or a hamburger also depends on where you live, Bloom says. Quote, if I were in a city with a high number of cases being reported or even rising daily, I think I would be a bit reluctant to go to a restaurant. Whereas if I lived in a place where the cases have been declining for a couple of weeks, I would feel more confident and starting outdoors would be fine, unquote. I probably won't be one of the first to jump to go back to a restaurant indoor or outdoor, Shannon, which I get it. It's not great. Not great for the restaurants. Being cautious and listening to the experts' recommendations are really good. I think in our area, the cases haven't been declining. So I think that it's smart for us to still be extra cautious. Eating outside all the time, I mean, might protect you from coronavirus, but what about what about skin cancer, Shannon? It's going to get you. <laughs> or mosquitoes. Or mosquitoes. <laughs> I think it's really nice to dine al fresco. I feel like I haven't been doing that much. Yeah, we haven't really been doing, like, even though the weather's been nice, we haven't been, like, having dinner out on our deck. Um, probably because we don't really have a table out there. I just don't think I would ever do that. <laughs> um, but I like the idea of being in a rest. I have always enjoyed eating outside at a restaurant. As, as long, long as, as the weather's shade. nice and there's shade. And yeah, because you and I, I mean, especially me with my fair skin, will burn up. Sometimes a nice mist system goes a long way. Well, that's a really Arizona reference. Yeah. <laughs> but there's other places in America who use a good little mist system. But yeah, you got to feel for Arizona. Like, how can they eat out when the temperatures are as terribly high as they are? You know, we just maybe we just need to institute everybody gets a bubble. We just all turn into <laughs> bubble people. Well, I think that would be probably pretty bad health wise. Why? <laughs> well, like if you're in the sun and you've got a plastic bubble covering, imagine how hot that would be. And um, and also just like just got to put up your bubble shade. What's the breathing like, and what's the even <laughs> your quirky ideas? There's a there's a device on your bubble that filters the air. Nice. Yeah. In this imaginary made up invention. Lots of people live in bubbles, Shannon. We just need to. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of restaurants trying to figure out how to make more money in places where the cases are declining and it seems a little bit safer. So it was good to hear about this happening in certain places that are doing better. It's definitely, it's exciting to hear the idea of returning to normal, but I think we just still need to be careful to not try to do it just because we want to. I completely agree. And last today, we've got the lightning-fast headline roundup. Does Dusty care about these stories in the slightest? Here we go. I haven't killed my quarantine garden yet. Here's what I wish I'd known before I started. Don't tell me, because I haven't started yet. So. <laughs> I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> Summer camp on a screen? Parents question the value of kids attending a virtual camp. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure the whole point of camp is get the kids out of the house. (laughs) Brad Paisley and Kimberly Williams Paisley open a free grocery store in Tennessee. It's too bad not all grocery stores could be free. (laughs) It's lovely. A John Prine tribute concert with family and friends will be streamed on June 11th. That's nice. You and I really like that song. What's it called? In Spite of Ourselves. I even said that with a little bit of a country accent there. In Spite of Ourselves is really good. I love how you and I both sing it. It makes me so happy. This girl challenged her mail carrier to tic-tac-toe. Now it's a source of joy to other families. Tic-tac-toe is not what I would refer to as a a real thrilling game, but good for them. (laughs) It's a good asynchronous game. And if you think you're making a little kid happy, that's pretty nice. When concerts return, you can expect a much different experience. I think there's too many people at concerts anyway. (laughs) But I also think they cost too much. So if it just means there's less people, but it costs three times as much, then I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It is a major way that recording artists make money. So it's going to be interesting to see how it's reinvented. TV's biggest cliffhanger. Will my show return on schedule? Yeah, will it? (laughs) Where are you dreaming of going post-coronavirus quarantine? Airbnb guests are craving faraway trips. Just anywhere would be good, I think. (laughs) Netflix and Chug. How to turn your quarantine streaming into a drinking or party game. I think just getting drunk at home by yourself is pretty pretty sad yeah i agree drinking always felt like a pretty social activity to me well this is not a bad segue to share a personal update with our listeners that's right we haven't been drinking much either i really haven't been (laughs) we've been deciding to keep this private for some time now but now it's going to start uh, affecting the podcast potentially we have some headline news of our own right now, Shannon. That's right. That's right. I'm pregnant. I'm eight months pregnant. Yeah, we're really excited about a month ago, but that means that at any moment we might not be putting out the podcast on a weekly basis. So we'll we'll take some time off to introduce our our new member of our family to the world. So be aware. If you don't hear from us for a couple of weeks or months, then that's that's what's happening. Yeah, we're so excited. We're having a little boy, and we are pretty close to being able to bring him into the world. <laughs> He's kicking all the time. Um, it's really fun to feel him rolling around in my tummy. Um, and I, my pregnancy has been really great. And if anyone has any pregnancy questions or... Um, if, you know, I'm I'm here to t- t- chat with people on Twitter. Um, and if you happen to be bringing a little one into your life, we want to hear from you. So tweet us. We'd love to talk with you about it. But yeah, really happy news, especially with everything that's going on in the world. It's exciting to be bringing new life into the world. Exciting and terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely nervous and scared, but I'm so excited to see his little face. I tell my husband the news as part of the USA Today podcast network. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to check out other podcasts from all across the USA Today network, just go to podcast.usatoday.com or find them wherever you listen to podcasts like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. 
Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.